Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. Good morning, Woodside. My name is Abraham Phillip. I'm part of the teaching team here this morning, and I have the privilege of opening up God's Word with you. Pastor Billy is, uh, or has, done a wedding yesterday in Grand Rapids, and so he's on his way back with his family, so please keep him in your prayers. And I have the privilege of being here this morning, or, and you have the maybe not so big privilege of listening to me, but uh, maybe we'll see at the end of the service how it all goes. Children, have you ever played the what-if game? I know the adults have. Don't let them kid you. But have you ever played the what-if game? What if we lived across the street? What if she were my best friend? What if I had a Barbie? Okay, for you guys, it would be like a red fire truck or a red 10-speed bike. Adults, as we get older, the the decisions we've made in our lives, our what-if game gets bigger and, and deeper, don't they? Like, what if... I'd married my high school sweetheart. This would look way different. Maybe you did, praise God, but most of us didn't, right? What if I'd taken that job and not the one I'm in? What if I've made that decision and not this? What if, ready? What if we'd invested in Amazon in the 90s? (laughs) What were we thinking, right? I mean, we play what-if games, and the older we get, the more serious that what-if game begins. And we typically play that game when we're not feeling well, when we're feeling down, when we're feeling depressed, when things aren't going our way, when all of our friends have walked away and we feel all alone, we say, what if? What if? What if? That's kind of what I want to do this morning with you, but not in any sort of depressed way. But we're going to do it from one of the Psalms that we're going to look at today. If you have your Bibles or electronic devices, turn with me to Psalm 124. We're going to look at a what-if scenario, but not in terms of our decision-making, but in terms of what life would look like if God was not on our side. Now, how many of you know that that's not a pretty picture? Yeah? Yeah. That's not a pretty picture. And yet, that's what this psalm is going to challenge us to take a look at. To take a look at our lives and to see what life would have been like if God had not been on our side. We're in a series that we started last week called Built for More. And while everything that we do on Sunday morning is really important, the gathering together and the assembly of the church together is important, Just as important as that, we are built for more than just this. We are built for more, as the video said, to be in small groups, to be in community with each other. Eugene Peterson said it this way, no Christian is an only child. No Christian is an only child. You see, we were not saved by Jesus to be an island of one. We were called to be a community, to live life together, to be part of a group that can help encourage us, to strengthen us, to uphold us, to challenge us, to live life together. We are built for more. And that's what we've been looking at. And and today we come to Psalm 124. And Psalm 124 is another one of those songs of ascent. And if you were here last week, you might remember, and if, you're, if you did, this is bonus for you, but if you weren't here last week or you're watching online and you don't know what a song of ascent is, 
Well, the Jews were commanded by God to come to Jerusalem three times a year to celebrate a festival. Three times a year. And so the Jews from all over the nation, all over the country, they'd come. And they'd travel with their families and with their animals and with all their stuff. And they'd come to Jerusalem for the celebration of this feast. How many of you like feasts and like to eat? Yeah, I like to eat a lot. You can tell, right? <clears throat> but these people would come. And they'd come to Jerusalem. But Jerusalem's located at the top of a hill. And it's surrounded all around by a valley. Which means that no matter where you come from or no matter what side you approach, you always have to go up to Jerusalem. And what was really interesting is that as you got to the bottom of that hill and started to make your way up that path, the children and the adults and all of the people, they'd start to sing these songs. From Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, they would sing these songs, songs of ascent, as they climbed the hill to the top of the mountain, or top of the hill, where the temple was. And then on the day of the feast, when they all gathered together around the temple, when the collective congregation of Israel came to the top and presented themselves before God, there were 15 steps that took them to the, to the temple. And at every step, they'd stop, and and the people, together with one voice, would sing these songs. Can you sense that unity, that brotherhood, that sense of community, as an entire nation with one voice lifts up their voice to God in praise? It's been powerful. It's been powerful to listen to you sing about the goodness of God. Lifting our voices together in song. There's nothing like it as we join the angels in celebrating the one who is so worthy of worship. Amen? Amen. As we look at this psalm, Psalm 124, I want to leave with you with this one thought. And that is, with God on our side, we have nothing to fear. Amen? With God on our side, we have nothing to fear. Now normally, we get to one of these psalms or we get to one of these passages or even when we think about worship. We look back at our lives and we look at all the times where God showed up, where God's hand was powerful in our lives, where God miraculously or powerfully or majestically rescued us, delivered us, did something wow. And we praise God for that. And praise God that He does that. This psalm does something a little differently. This psalm makes you look back and asks you to think about life back there No matter how old you are, no matter how many turns there have been in the pages of your life, to think back and say, what would life have looked like if God was not on our side? All that disaster that could have happened in our life that didn't happen because God was there makes us praise Him all the more, doesn't it? It causes us to praise Him, our conviction of who God is and what He does for us, even when we're not aware of it. As we look back and we think about all the times where God showed up in ways we didn't expect to keep us from falling off the cliff, from making that wrong decision, from making that wrong step. He averted disaster because He was on our side. If God is on our side, we have nothing to fear. Amen? I want to read for you Psalm 124. Have you found Psalm 124? I can't really delay any longer. Are you there? If you're wearing a mask, you've got to actually nod your head because I can't hear you, right? Okay? All right. Well, Psalm 124, let me read it for you. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, 
when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Folks, when God is on our side, we have nothing to fear. I want to show you three things that we can learn from this psalm that helps us remember that when God is on our side, we have nothing to fear. And this typically happens when we gather together in in smaller communities, when we can encourage one another, when we can listen to how God has worked in our lives. And when we do gather together in those small groups, may I encourage you to ponder together the favor of God. Ponder together the favor of God. The first two verses of this psalm once again say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Twice! This one phrase is repeated. The psalmist starts the song, stops, and then invites the congregation to sing with him if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. That's not a pretty picture for anyone. And yet that's the start of this psalm. And the psalm starts with one word with two letters. It's such a small word. It's the word if. If. Small word. Huge implication. What if I had invested? What if I had taken that job? What if, and we play that game, but what if God had not been on our side? Oh, it's messy to think, isn't it? All the times where we could have made a decision or entered a relationship or made a decision that would have messed us up. If God wasn't on our side, what would life look like? And in this case, he talks about when God, if God wasn't on our side, when people rose up against us. You just think about Israel, and you think about the history that you have just in recorded scripture, or even in past history, of all the nations that have come up one after the other. In the book of Judges, where the nations have come up against Israel one after the other, or even when David took the throne, the Philistines would come and attack one after the other, nation after nation would come up against Israel. What would it look like for this nation if God wasn't on their side? What about you and me? What would our lives look like if God was not on our side? The psalmist here gives us a couple of pictures of what that might look like. Notice in verse number 3, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. That's really a, a horrendous picture when you think about it. If God wasn't on our side, our enemy... Now, I know you folks in Romeo, you have no enemies. You guys are beautiful people with beautiful friends, and you live in beautiful neighborhoods. But us people who, live, who go to Troy, we got some people. You know, we live in some you know, neighborhoods that have some loud, noisy neighbors, you know, and people don't take care of stuff, and they invade your privacy, and it's messy. If God wasn't on our side... We feel like the enemy will swallow us up. It's an animal taking a big bite out of you. It feels like you're consumed. It doesn't feel good. God isn't on our side. And in verse 4, he switches to another picture. Then the flood would have swept over us, or swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. He uses the picture of a flood, a picture not of a, a, a kiddie pool where you get weighed in in summer nights. Today's a great day for a kiddie pool, kids. Tell your parents. 
right? 90 degrees, kiddie pool, go for it. This isn't a slow rising wave. This is a torrent. It's torrential. It's like a tsunami that comes and wipes everything clean. It's not a pretty picture. You see, floods in the Old Testament and in the Bible have a picture of a life-threatening event. You just think of Noah's flood. That gives you the picture that anytime we talk about floods, it's, a, it's not a pretty picture. If God is not on our side, that's what life looks like. You guys all remember reading or seeing pictures of the, the dam that broke in, you know, the Edenville Dam in Midland. You remember that? Here are a couple of pictures. This is what life looks like without God. That dam broke and then that water overcame another dam and all of Midland and the surrounding area covered with water. Some places up to nine feet deep. That's what it feels like if God's not on our side. We feel like we're drowning. We feel like water is coming up over our head. That we're being consumed. Man, that's not a pretty picture. And then you may have read the 2011 tsunami in Japan. You remember that? The huge waves as a result of an earthquake. It came out of nowhere. Nobody was prepared. Those waves swept through that coastland, devastating homes, taking lives. That's what it looks like when God is not on your side. That's painful. It's horrendous. It's devastating. And the next picture coming up is what it feels like. You're a boat with no place to go. That's devastating. That's life-changing. That's what it looks like when God is not on your side. My friends, this psalm really challenges us to look at our history and wonder, where would we be if God had not been on our side? You know, the misstep never taken, the friendships never started, the drugs never used, the decisions never made, all because God was there with you. What would have it looked like if you had made some of those decisions? <coughs> if you had entered into that relationship, if you had married that other person, man, life would look so much different. But praise God for his favor. Because he's on our side, we have nothing to fear. Amen? We have nothing to fear. Ponder the favor of God in our lives. You see, we have a reason to worship God. Because in every time when we could have stepped off the cliff, God was there to keep our feet from falling. Every time we could have made that decision that would have been disaster for us, God kept disaster away. It's the favor of God in our lives. Some of you allows us to praise God. Amen? Ponder together the favor of God. Now, I know there are some of you sitting here and you're going, but my life's full of disaster. I'm not sure God's there for me. <laughs> Decisions I've made, the relationships I've entered, I've, I'm in disaster. If that's you, stick with me. I'll touch on how to deal with that at the end of this message. But for those of you who have Jesus in your life, let's worship God and ponder together the favor of God. The second thing we can learn in verses 6 and 7 is to praise God for His protection. Notice verses 6 and 7. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. You see, not only does the psalmist go back in the first five verses and talk about the pages of Scripture or the pages of your life and all of the things down memory lane where disaster could have struck, but it didn't. He talks about the present. 
he talks about what's happening now. He says, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. He's in danger now. He feels like the animal is coming up to rip him to shreds. And, and that's the picture. It's an animal with sharp teeth ripping meat off. Imagine an animal ripping meat off of your bones. That's a picture of violence. It's a picture of pain. It's, it's not pretty. It's bloody. And yet, elsewhere in the psalm, David writes, God is our refuge and our strength. A very, what's the word? Present help in. Not only does he help you in the past, avoiding the disasters that you could have entered into, but he helps you now. He has protection for you now. He's keeping you now under the protective watch and the gaze of an almighty God. He has protection for you. When the animals come around you to rip you to shreds, God's protective hand is for you, which is why the psalmist here says, Blessed be the Lord who hasn't given us in, who hasn't let us succumb to the enemy. Then verse number 7, he changes the metaphor. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowler. How many of you know what a fowler is? Okay. All, none of you. Maybe I see one. Oh, two. A fowler is a person who traps and catches birds. That's who a fowler is. He traps and he catches birds. So he's a trapper. Imagine... This psalmist writing, or imagine your life where you're walking around, you make a decision, and it feels like you've stepped into a trap, and the trap snaps shut. How much pain is that? That's awful. That's the problem. That's what this psalmist feels like. The trap has closed. It's, it's, the trap has sprung. The psalmist is trapped, trapped like a bird in a snare. And when you're trapped in a snare, can you get out by yourself? You need somebody outside of the snare to come along and help you, to rip that snare open, to free you. And the psalmist says, blessed be the Lord who has rescued us, who has escaped or caused us to escape like a bird. And not only that, the snare is broken and we have escaped. Not only has he rescued us, he's broken the snare. We never fall into that same snare again. The Bible over and over again, talks about snares and traps. In fact, I want to share with you 12 of them, 12 snares and traps that the Bible talks about. It's on the screen in front of you. False gods, wrong alliances, evil works, evil schemes against us, our own works, a forbidden woman, rash vows, dishonest gain, friendship with a person given to anger, <clears throat> fear of man, desire to be rich. And notice this last one. God himself can be a snare for you if your heart has an evil intent. Snares and traps. It just takes one man or one woman to ruin a marriage. It takes just a few words spoken thoughtlessly to ruin a career. It just takes a single small decision to ruin your life, to destroy relationships, to destroy everything that you have worked so hard for. It just takes a moment, but praise God for His protection over us. Amen? Many of you know that in 2014, my wife and my whole family and I went to Germany on an international assignment. Three years into that assignment, my oldest daughter graduated from high school and she was going to repatriate back and start college in the U.S. And my wife decided that she didn't want my oldest to have to go through that, to relearn what it means to live in the U.S. and to 
go to school by herself and learn how to drive a car by herself. And so she decided I was a big enough boy. They repatriated without me, leaving me, a married bachelor, by myself in a country far, far away with a ton of time on my hands. That's not a good picture, is it? Think of all of the things that could have gone wrong. Now, you have those moments in your life. Think of all the times where you had a ton of time and nobody watching. If God was not on my side, when other women came into my life, I could have entered into a relationship that would have destroyed my marriage. Praise God, it didn't happen. When friends who had bad habits came to dispel my loneliness, that could have ruined my life. I wouldn't be standing before you, would I? Because God was for me. Because he stood by my side. Because the protection of an almighty God covered me. I can stand before you and say, praise God for his protection. You can too, can't you? Praise God for his protection. Folks, because God is for us, we have nothing to fear. We can praise God for his protection. The third thing we learn is to put our trust in God. To put our trust in God. Verse number 8 says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Did you notice the first word of that verse? The first word is the word our. Our. Our help. If you just take a moment and look back through this psalm, just eight verses, just look back through this psalm. Take a look and see if you can find a single reference to an individual. See if you can find a single reference to an I, a me, or a mine. You don't find one. Never in this psalm is there a reference to an individual. Instead, what you find is a bunch of communal words, things that talk about community, things that bring us together to do together, to worship together. Notice with me that it's a we, us, and our kind of psalm. If God had not been on our side, they would have swallowed us up. The Lord has not given us as a prey to their teeth. We have escaped. Our help is in the Lord our God. Friends, we are built for more than just living by ourselves, trying to make it work. We are built for more. We are built for community because God has called us to do this together. Amen? Just the three of you. We'll have a chat afterwards. The rest of you, we are built for this together. Amen? Amen. God never called us to live in the closet. It's time to come out. We're a Christian saved by grace to live life in community. And that's why we are asking you to sign up for small groups. My wife and I hosted small groups for over a decade before Germany. And now after Germany, since we've gotten back, we're part of one. And we're enjoying the blessing. We're enjoying the fruit. We're enjoying the encouragement of people who can bless us and we can bless them. Who can uphold us in prayer. Who can sharpen us as iron sharpens iron. Who can be there for us when we need help. And by the way, we can do all those things for them too. It's a beautiful picture of the church in a microcosm as we live life together. If you're not part of a small group, may I encourage you, may I plead with you to join one. It'll change your life. It'll help you grow in your faith and in your walk with Christ. And if you have just any inkling of hosting a group, it's not that hard. It isn't. If you want to know more about it, come talk to me. I'll help you. My wife is over here. She'll tell you too. It's not hard. It's such a blessing. 
But if all of the questions that have been raised, with all of the ifs that this psalm has raised, with all the hypothetical or theoretical situations that this psalm has raised, every one of them is answered in verse number 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord, our God, maker of heaven and earth. What a sentence. What a sentence. What a verse to hang our head on. Because oftentimes we think we can do our own thing. We can survive it ourselves. We can swim above the waves. But oftentimes when we try to do that, what happens? We tend to sink. Because that flood water threatens to overwhelm us. Folks, some of us should be trusting in the Lord more than we are now. Our help has to be in the name of the Lord our God. We are not called to do this on our own. We're called to do this with Christ. And that's why elsewhere in Psalm 20, it says some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. If you've made a mess of your life, if you've made a disaster of your life because God has not been on your side, this verse is the verse for you. As you look for healing and as you look for comfort, as you look for a solution to the disaster of your life, trust in the Lord our God. That's the solution that'll bring you comfort, that'll bring you out of the disaster. It won't fix all of your problems, but what it will do is bring God on your side. And with God on your side, you have nothing to fear. Amen? I was pondering this psalm this week, and as I was applying it to my life, I remembered a golden oldie written by Ben King in 1961. The song is Stand By Me. You know that song? Stand By Me. Let me just read a couple of lyrics. When the night has come and the land is dark and the Moon is the only night we'll see. No, I won't be afraid. No, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. If the sky that we look upon should tumble and fall, and the mountain should crumble to the sea, I won't cry. I won't cry. No, I won't shed a tear. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It's the words of this psalm put to music. In fact, the psalm and the song both have a gospel message in it, doesn't it? You see, Jesus stands by you. He's standing for you. He's standing with you. He's on your side if you've accepted him as Savior. And you know and I know that to be true because God sent Jesus into the world because he loves you and me. And he did that to stand for you, to stand on your behalf. You see, Jesus who knew no sin, became sin for us. He did that for you and he did that for me. He did that on our behalf. As he was mocked and beaten, insulted and humiliated and nailed to a cross, that suffering was something we should have endured, but he did it in our place. He did it for you. He stood for you. When he died, as he shed every last drop of blood on this earth, Dying a death that you and I should have died. He did it for you. He did it for me. He took our place. He stands by you. He stands for you. And if you've made a mess of your life and you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, then may I encourage you not to leave this day until you turn away from your sins and turn to God and say, Lord, come into my life and save me. The Bible says the moment you do, you will be saved. Because he stands by you. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he's knocking. If you will let him in to be the Lord of your life, you'll be saved. He will rescue you. He will stand by you. He will stand for you. He will be by your side. You don't have to do this alone. If that's you, 
There isn't a magic formula. There isn't a magic prayer. You just have to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. Save me. And you and he will. Because he stands by you. For all of you who do know and love Jesus Christ, may I encourage you, there is nothing that we need to fear because God is on our side. Amen? The protection he gives us, the disaster that could have been but never came because he was by our side. Praise God for all the times that he saved us even when we weren't even aware. It's another reason to praise him. I want to close today with reading the Apostle Paul's version of this psalm. The Apostle Paul has a New Testament version of this psalm in Romans chapter 8. Can I read that for you? It's Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can, <coughs> excuse me, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything in all creation will separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Folks, we have nothing to fear. There is nothing in our lives that can come that will overwhelm us because Jesus is by your side. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song and we're going to worship. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I would love to introduce him to you. Please don't leave without making Jesus Christ <clears throat> Lord of your life. But for all of us who know and love Jesus, the words of the Apostle Paul should ring in our ears. There is no height, no depth, no anything in all of creation. And guess what? Not COVID can separate you from the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God for His protection. Praise God for His power. Praise God for His grace. Praise God for His mercy. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your grace that sustains us. Your mercy that keeps us. And when we look back over the pages of our life and we see all the missteps, all the decisions, all the times where we could have stepped off the cliff, your hand protected us. Your grace shielded us. You averted a disaster we didn't even know was there. Oh, Lord, all we can do is but praise you. Knowing that you are by our side gives us the strength and the faith and the encouragement and the conviction to praise you. So, Lord, we pray that that thought would never escape our attention. That as we get together in our groups that we might encourage each other thinking back about all the ways in which God has averted a disaster that could have been but never was. And all the times where he has protected us, all the times when you were our present help. May we never forget that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And therefore, we don't have to fear encourage us with these words. Father, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, may today be the day of salvation for them. Continue to draw out their heartstrings so that they might know that you are Lord and Savior, able and greater than all of their problems and all of their suffering. And we'll give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name.
Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.